it's starting to become a pattern that I have ideas for episodes and then I go into the interview and then completely change my mind. And I have been really fixated on doing an episode about why straight men and gay men are fascinated with the housewives. And I had all these ideas. I had a running list of all the people I wanted to interview, um, one being Ryan Bailey from So Bad It's Good, which is his very successful podcast that he started in the pandemic. I have interviewed him in the past. I haven't been on his show yet, but he is promising that I get to go on his show. Um, And I wanted to talk to him because he is a straight cis man who loves Bravo. And he's so knowledgeable and so invested. And his show is great. He's a wonderful, wonderful podcasting voice. He's funny. He's vulnerable. I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk to him and then I'm going to talk to these other people and I'm going to do kind of like my first episode, a why, you know, why is tennis not as gay as I believe it to be? I kind of had this idea like I'm going to do this episode where I talk to all these men and I'm going to figure out why they love Bravo. And here's the thing about Ryan is you, he could fucking talk for 100 hours like he and I talked for an hour and 10 minutes and candidly, like there's nothing else to talk about. I think I'm going to keep going with this series. I sort of love the perspective of straight and gay men and why they like the housewives. They're, I'm not done. I'm I'm going to do more. Same with tennis. Um I've reached out to those gay tennis players. Um I have not heard back. So, hopefully one day they'll they'll come back to me. But I love Ryan. Ryan is so vulnerable. He's obsessed with my friend Leah, which is funny, and I think he really understands her and sees her for who she is, which I love. Um, but Ryan, he answers. He answers me. You know, he answers my questions about why he loves Bravo better than I thought, actually. First of all, what is on your shirt? Just just to just to celebrate your friend that I I, I still I, I you know, it's, I feel so guilty about that. Like I I persisted and persisted and I think I got too cocky and I just like, come on. I know I'm not one of the cool New York podcasts, but come on my show. And she unfollowed me and I was like, wow, that's like brutal. And I was like that fucking. Yeah, Leah's. Oh, that's, dude, I'm, that yeah, was the wrong. Dude, I'm not like. I, that was the wrong approach. Dude, that was First not of all, that was never my you approach. Are with, by like, the fucking, way. That was never with my approach. You're with iHeartRadio. I know, it's crazy. Cra- you're like I, famous now. No, I'm not no, it's so far from that, but I'm just saying it but like that Leah was the one that I was always like I don't know her personally at all, but like I was always the one standing up for Leah on all my shows and then I thought I was like, "Come on, you're doing all these New York hipster podcasts." And I had, I think it was like the fifth time probably asking her even through my context too and i was like why I, I even like posted about her book i read the book and then i was like what i i, I don't know and then she had followed me i was like oh man that sucks but l- listen that's i i appreciate I didn't it. Bring Did you it up the Beastie Boy? oh why would you i don't think she would even by the way these are big moments in my life that would be small moment like she wouldn't probably even recall but for me i didn't go this to is the what Beastie i do for Boys a living thing. i know i didn't go to the Beastie Boys thing. Because I was in traffic for three hours and I was cranky (laughs) and I was supposed to go and I didn't go. But, you know, that it is. I got my like one on one (laughs) dinner with Leah. That's all. I like that. That's like what we, you know, we're like old friends. So that's kind of. No, I know. That's why I, I, I mean, 
I totally know. And that's why it was so embarrassing when you said I'm seeing Leah. I was like, well, please do not bring me up. like. And it's so silly to get to a point where, like, I don't know any of these people. I mean, I know a couple of the Vanderpump people now personally, and I don't want to be I don't want to be friends with anybody. I don't I'm not looking to, like, try to be a part of the, you know, in crowd at Bravo. But I am looking to, like, interview them. And I found Leah extremely fascinating because of her life. And especially what was not on the show and like everything that I was like, that is extremely fascinating. So I kept pushing for that interview because I think my internet persona and my podcast are kind of sometimes two different things. And I don't know. I also, I think I come off as, I mean, it's something that I get in my head about is being, you know, it's like I, my life coach or whatever will be like, you know, you got to push yourself. You got to make those big risks. Take the Are you in Take therapy? The... Are you in therapy as well? Or oh, just yeah. life coach? Okay, good. So you have a life oh, coach there. Oh, and a yeah. Therapist. Oh, and I'm on I'm on SSRIs. I'm on, you oh, know, like same. I've, I've, right. I've, okay, dealt, I've dealt with my mental health for, you know, 20 years now. And but still to this day, I was I was thinking about listening to your podcast a second ago. I was like, I don't know what comment did it, but it was like. It's just funny how we're all you. Oh, you talked about going through your old journals. You were talking about going through your old journals. Ten out of ten, don't recommend, Ryan. Oh, I did. See, I did that. But you remember that 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 show, Mortified, that you used to have that live stage show where you would read. So I got recommended for that because somebody was like, "Oh, you probably have really funny stuff from you know with your uh, temperament and your mentality." And I went to an audition for Mortified, and I had brought like all of these things, and it was so sad because you realize like you just, I haven't all, all the stuff that I've worked on. You still realize you're basically the same person. Like my journals were all like, well, I'm going to try to do this journal again. I really don't believe in myself. And it was all these same sad thoughts that I'll still have to this day. So when the Leah thing represented a bigger thing to me than it would ever to her, because that was me um, making like taking a risk. That was me. And Oh my I God, she would die feel like she I, knew this. Oh, but I always feel like I have two left feet, you know, like, so I do it. At, and here's the other thing. I will sometimes, and this is, uh, I will use, like, I'll drink one or two times a week, but I will drink to excess. I will use, and alcohol will make me more quote unquote confident. And that's usually when those brave messages will come out because otherwise I can't, I like, and this is, by the way, this is a, this is a problem, but I'm not an everyday drinker, but that was also one of those. Okay. I'm, I've had a couple drinks. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to DM Lee and I'm going to DM the producer of Miami and I'm going to DM this person. And I'm going to DM, I'm going to really, because then I believe in myself if I'm a little buzzed and that's just warped way of thinking. And that's why another thing is like Leah has her sobriety journey. So (laughs) some dude asking her to be on a podcast is just is wild well i, I just want to say thank you for sharing i thought you really huge pause you, you really pause. came out the gate <laughs> swinging um it's <laughs> yeah by the way this is i've never said this on my podcast thank you i needed some good material listen i'm just a little no. fish i'm a little fish i'm self-producing I like I have this lovely, but Liz, lovely how are you editor. a little fish? You have a okay, you have this you you have an amazing job, you have an amazing wife, everybody knows who you are. Like I feel nobody like nobody knows who I am. That's that, I didn't I get feel it. Like, that's, Listen, I feel like you're on. on the bubble. 
I'm trying. I'm trying. Please put me on your show so that I can pop bigger. I already I told you I would, but I just find it funny how we all view ourselves. I find it funny how I view you as opposed to how you view you and how I view me as opposed to others view me. Like I've, I find that like something so universal with all of us is the way we see ourselves is not how we actually accurately are. But there's no amount of therapy or drugs that can convince me otherwise no. No. because I've lived in my own body for so long that it is like trying to reverse out of like mud and snow and you're reversing as hard and fast as you can and you can't get out because you're so lodged into this way of thinking and that's really hard but like i noticed that with everybody i noticed that with just your comment right there like you are doing it you I mean, are I'm there. trying. Like, Listen, I will like, and I want her to hear this because hopefully she will. But oh, luckily no, I have, oh no, 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 I have the luck. No, I have the sweetest person who's like editing my show. I adore her. I like trying to get ads to pay her. Like, do you know what I mean? I totally get it. I, it's just so funny because I think that I get really wrapped up in like, I'm so bravo and like then other famous adjacent, but like, for some reason, I cannot get verified on Instagram. My numbers on Instagram are fucking tragic. Like, I can't build an audience. Like, I'm out here and I'm like, am I doing it? Am I doing the thing? But then I, like, have such a lovely listenership that I, like, am friends with half of those people. You know what I mean? But so it's easy, like, easy, see, but that means you start start there. Right. Everything else falls into place. And, like, you are judging. And, like, I, we all do. You judge by numbers. Like, I started this uh, over the pandemic. I had a real job. Like, we actually, have, you know, we have uh, a person in common in our own yeah. uh, real lives. But I, she knows me and, and her husband knows me as somebody that worked at an acting school for 13 years, was trying to be an actor. So, I mean, still go on auditions. But I found my voice because of the pandemic. And it was all because of this silly stuff that I had loved my entire life. Even as a straight dude, I love this stuff. Like, well, I, it okay, wasn't like my ex-wife. all my questions out of this. And so sorry. my question is. Sorry, this sorry, sorry. Yeah, no, it, it's no, but it's it's is why I wanted you on the podcast. And I thought about you for this episode. Which is like, why do men love the housewives? Why do men love the housewives? Like, why? Well, are you talking about straight men, gay men? Well, men? we're going to get to that. I mean, do people assume that you're gay because you like the housewives? Yes, a thousand percent. I say this all the time on my show. In fact, I get DM. I was just talking. I got like I get the best you know, best people will interact with me. Also some of the worst people, um, but the, the best people, you know, I had one mom try to hook me up with her son. I had one over DM and like, oh, or recommend a guy to me. Listen, my best friend in the whole world is a gay man that I, you know, he came out to me in high school. He's like my older brother. Like I was lucky enough to be raised around amazing gay dudes. Being told that I'm gay is a compliment. Like, and by the way, you know, I'm not if you see the way I dress. Like, so that is like, uh, but gay men. Your to shirt me have that had you're wearing the... right now is pretty gay. This <laughs> Leah shirt is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Wow, gay slander towards me. No, no, I I think they have the, <laughs> the best. I, gay. I was I was exposed to the best music, best movies, uh, you know, but the best of everything because of gay people in my life. So you, you thinking that I'm gay is like this really amazing compliment, especially in the Bravo universe. But it's a natural assumption that straight men 
would have no place for this. And it goes into a bigger conversation of like, why aren't you watching sports? Why are you watching? And it's like, well, in reality, these are my sports, these housewives, these shows, these realities, these are my sports. I will get into these. I mean, I'll stand up and scream sometimes, just like I saw my dad during, do during a football game. I mean, Salt Lake City, the last couple has been just these motherfuckers just I mean, when Jen threw the shoes in fifteen hundred dollar shoes and we and then she still has to then she still goes, you know, Angie, I accept your I, I want to say I'm sorry. And and uh, for what I did earlier about the champagne, and I'm like, what about the shoes? I what know. about the shoe? We never even touched. Jen Shaw operates on this level of Trumpian, like there's like this forgetfulness with everybody around her, or it's almost like a Keith Raniere Nixium vibe where they're so taken in by the cult of Jen Shaw, where they just let, they let her get away with madness. Listen, you know, I'm friends with Heather. I adore her. We like, I'm very bombed about Heather this season. How they uh, how her how they vetted her? I don't like listen. Well, she's I somebody think- I also had the best interview of my life with a couple of years ago, and she said on the podcast she was going to stand by Jen, and I was like, wow. And they took that that quote and they ran with it on like Us Weekly, Daily Mail, all that stuff. And I felt like that was, but she's remained true to Jen it's Shaw. Really, something else. So, why do you think that gay men? Like, do you have an opinion or or a thought as to why gay yeah. men love the housewives so much? Why? Well, I mean, th- this is purely speaking. I mean, this I don't. I, You're not I don't know speaking if this for is my gay place. men. You're speaking. Yeah, as yeah yourself. I'm not, okay. What I think. What I think. I think there's multiple levels. You have some of the funniest. Uh, you know, just in terms of talking heads. You have some of the funniest, uh, snappiest lines of dialogue, you know, very funny, very fast paced gay men. I find to be really funny, really fast paced, really quick. You also have and this is where I kind of back out of the conversation, uh, but they love the fashion. I will always totally ignore the fashion. And sometimes that's a huge part of it for women and men watching the housewives. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, they all look good. And they'll be like, no, that's tragic. That is horrible. That is, I, I don't know that from Adam. <laughs> Like, okay. I'm like, I, you, I don't know, but I think it's the mix of the fashion, a mix of the dialogue and a mix of strong women. I think gay men are attracted to strong women. They're sometimes threatened by them as well, but mainly they, I mean, I think, you know, gay men and also straight men, like I love strong women, but I think that's another thing of like, why not? Like these, you know, six or seven fabulous women in 43 minutes of programming every week. Are you kidding me? And on top of it, you could argue, I mean, this is not an argument. Andy Cohen, a gay man created this. There's only a few times in pop culture history where a new form is invented. I feel and housewives is a new form. He really stumbled onto something and you could say it was based off of, Oh, well, there was docu-series real world queen of Versailles, the documentary, all of these things. But like, he really solidified a form and it's a form that will be joked about and talked about in pop culture for the rest of our lives. I always wonder about what Andy Warhol would think about this and the meaning of 15 minutes of fame when you throw housewives into it. But I think that's another great thing was that this was championed by a gay man. What's your thought on ultimate girls trip and like legends and the spinoffs? I think, and this might not be a popular opinion, I think it is the best thing to do to stay in the game. The 90 Day Fiance universe on TLC 
they all of a sudden steamrolled Bravo, I think a couple of years ago during the pandemic, where they were giving these, uh, you know, not the, not the brightest bulbs in the world, GoPros and creating content out of that. And there would be 15 different shows all of a sudden the 90 day universe. And Andy Cohen is quoted as saying, even in the book is that he's like, well, if I feel like we cross pollinate, we're going to have jumped the shark. And he admits now, I believe that that quote was a mistake is that, you know, I feel like they let people like TLC get ahead. We feel better, I think, as humans when we're all under one roof, that we share the same universe. And so there is something titillating in it to watch women team up from other franchises. And I still feel they're finding their footing, but it's getting better and better. I'm so excited for Girls Trip Season 3 with Leah. I mean, to see what the mess that is. I saw the preview of BravoCon, but I I like that we're into this kind of uh, one roof kind of thing where we are cross pollinating things. Like Heather going on um, Below Deck. Yeah. Well, see, now Below Deck, I was talking about the other day. Below Deck, I feel finally is like, yo, man, maybe there's too many Below Decks. So it's like, like Below Deck, Below Deck Adventure, Below Deck Med, Below Deck Sailing Yacht. How many Below Deck? And I love all of them, but there's only so many hours in the day. And I feel like, the below, like I love below deck, but sometimes I'm like, it gets it gets to be too much. I mean, you have summer house into winter house, and then I'm like, are we going to have fall house and spring house? Like, I mean, how many houses and are you we going to have? have? A spring house. The, I never, you know, it's interesting. I, well, two things on that is one, I don't, I think, I don't think I talked about this with you, but my friends and I many years ago were approached about going on below deck. But you have to pay for it. Like those people are actually chartering the boat. So we were all like a bunch of chuckleheads broke. Would we have made fantastic television? And was I like young enough and wasn't really in my career enough to have done it? A hundred (laughs) percent. That honestly, (laughs) like it would have been buck fucking wild because and I don't speak. And one of the girls that was really approached for it was the former kind of her her persona was being the famous a friend of a famous person and I'm not going to name like names just because it all got pretty messy in the end Nancy like, Reagan Correct that was it how'd you okay. know uh, thank you I just I have like a sixth sense for these things it's weird Yeah it's so strange um <laughs> but that crew it was like me her my friend Sarni like this other girl Michelle like we would have been amazing but I will never forget it. They're like, okay, so we're going to give you a discount. So it'll only be $50,000 for the week is what it ended up being. And I'm like, and oh, sorry. And that includes your flight. But I literally looked at my friend. I was like, damn, that's like $10,000 each of us or whatever it was. And we were trying to, to get potentially look to like an idiot on television to potentially look like an idiot because, Crazy. you know, in reality, you would like that. That is like the good thing about getting older is making sometimes wiser decisions is that I would never agree to be on a reality show. Ever. Like hell no, because I would get tipsy. I would get cocky and then I would say something or I would start getting cocky like we see Craig Conover doing where you start like, well, you know what? I am going to have this fight on camera. I believe in myself that much. And then you don't count on. We always see this with the housewives. The housewives think that, well, they loved me the first season. They're going to love me the second. I just got to steal. I got to I got to push harder. And then you see the audience turn on you. But in those moments, you can sometimes see the wheels turning where they're like, the audience is going to love this. And they don't. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think that's always rough, right? I mean, I think even Heather is having a little bit of that moment where I think her similar to Leah, they have incredible 
one-on-one interviews like they do it and actually lisa barlow is getting better too i think in these yeah i really I, I got i turned a corner on lisa barlow this season i was so really, did i but she, that's what i love about the housewives though right like we can dislike somebody one season and like them the next like that's what i i kind of dig like heather gay for me the first two seasons she sur- she didn't fall into the second season curse but she is finding herself in a newly formed third season curse and I know that Heather Gay is a good person, but if you're thinking about in terms of gameplay, which is, you know, that's what Lisa Rinna has turned these shows into is gameplay. She's falling behind because she's, she's like, it, it was like me. It's like wanting to be part of the cool kids club. And I never could. And I feel like she's like, oh shit, I'm part of the cool kids club all of a sudden. And she doesn't know how to, which way to go. She wants to please everybody and she wants to be friends with everybody, but she'll speak over here and not realize what she said. And that's going to come back to haunt her over here. And it's that thing of wanting to please everybody at once and not knowing what it's like to be popular in the way that she's popular now. So I think that sometimes comes back to haunt you. I think that's probably how I would be. I think that's why I love her so much. And again, like you said, I mean, we both know her personally and she's love couldn't be lovelier um and that's why i don't watch i mean i never ever watched leah on the housewives i never watched a clip i right. never watched an yeah because you know her in real life it would it would affect things potentially. the drinking thing was so weird because i've only known her sober and that really threw me and then to just kind of know behind the scenes it was it was too it was too tough do you like have you met other straight like who, are there any other straight Bravo expert, male identifying. I'm the only you. one. No, no, no. Uh, well, you know, nobody knows this, but Danny Pellegrino is straight. Uh, he tries. To, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. No, there's these guys. There's these guys, the Brav Bros, that have just uh, come out. I think in the last year, and I've not been able to have them on. But I, we communicate. I'm sure they'll come on in 2023 because they. Uh, but they seem really nice and. Everybody digs them, I think. So they're like Michael Rappaport. Like it's you and Michael Rappaport, I feel like. Yeah. Well, that's see, that's what I I love Michael Rappaport on Stern, but I hate Michael Rappaport in the Bravo universe. Like it's like I like certain well, because Michael Rapp, he just has completely differing opinions than I do in terms of like he's so far up Erica Jane and Lisa Rinna's ass sometimes that I just I'm just like you can't even see the forest from the trees in here but then I'll like him comedically on Stern when he comes on and makes fun of like Gary and all you know like there's certain ways I can stomach Michael Rappaport I just think his Bravo uh, opinions are trash and Mm. uh, but there's Bravos there's the guy Caduz uh, who doesn't have a podcast but he's an IG and he does all the cartoons that are amazing he's a straight dude um, we're, we're out here, but you're but out also, there. Remember, remember when there was that show hosted by Jerry O'Connell and it was all about like, oh it was God. on Bravo. Yes. It was all, it was like four straight dudes. Jerry O'Connell led it. What was it? It was like men, bra- Bravo. It was like something about like straight dudes, like in Bravo. And I was like, here's my, my, always my thought about this. I'm an interloper in this. I don't want to be the head of anything. I want to be just have a, I just want to have a seat at the table. Like I believe deep down these shows are for gay men and women and women. Like I, I believe that these shows are made for them. I feel like I am an interloper in some ways and it does not mean that I don't deserve to be here or do anything what I do, but I just genuinely love these shows. But I also recognize that these shows aren't potentially made for me, or I know they're not, you know, these shows aren't made for me. I just love them dearly. And sometimes you can't explain exactly why you love them, but 
I love these shows. So I'm just happy to even have a voice in this at all. But I never need to be number one, nor have I ever even like pushed to try to make moves like that. Because I'm just glad to, you know, that's like my housewife's tagline. Just glad to be here, you know? When you went to BravoCon, were you like getting... Like, did you get some numbers from some of the oh, other fans? Like, no, you got it because you're like not, the one not, straight not, not guy in, up in there. Not in, <laughs> no, you know, you, I think I, you know, you'd have to ask women. Uh, I think I come off. Uh, like, you have I, not fucked I will, any Bravo obsessed because you're Bravo adjacent. No, I've had conversations definitely with girls that, that have been Bravo obsessed, especially the first year that I did this. And but I mean, it was pandemic, so it was like all in DMs. I've never gotten like sent nudes. I've never gotten sent oh, like, and I've never requested. Well, wait, 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 wait. I've never requested them. I've never sent a, a dick pic. I was a dick pic. I've never sent. I'm I'm just not that. Well, type you're of person in your anyways. parents' basement, right? You're like in Scottsdale, and your parents yeah, are upstairs. I've slept, so. I've, slept, I've, slept, <laughs> I've slept. I've slept. I've slept with like nine people in my life. You know. I mean, that's that's a good amount. I'm being way too personal here, but I'm saying what I, what it was, Liz though, was it was amazing because I mean, people did know me. Like it was like weird. Like I, I and my body just like turned to sweat immediately. Do you remember it was so when you asked me if I was going to BravoCon and I was like, no. Yeah. You were like, fuck no. You're like, fuck no. no. And I was like, was, what? Yeah, but the thing for me was it's like, and I said this with Taylor Strucker cause she didn't go either. And we weren't asked to do <laughs> It's tricky now. You know what I mean? For me. And and I think for her, too, because we're like, well, we're not really asked to do anything. We don't really cover Bravo on our own. Like, I don't know. So I didn't go. But I the FOMO for me was oh, like I, I gotta, out of control. This, I mean, Heather's texting me. Leah's texting me. Fucking MJ texting me. I felt oh awful. Mercedes was a, I mean, Mercedes was so I love Mercedes. We're on the same. Uh, she's just awesome. But. What it was was like for me, it was you're on the same what you were gonna say the same network. Oh, same uh podcast network, yeah. So yeah, we were on the same out here. No, no. But anyway, she's what what really saved me was that a friend did not use their GANS fort uh where they were all staying reservation. So I got to pay for that, which is the most expensive hotel I've ever stayed at in my life, because I come from humble beginnings, and it was worth every damn penny, you guys, because they can't like it was where I mean the BravoCon was one thing. But always it was like, well, the hotel is going to be way better. Like you every night up on the balcony, there was like just every Bravo let like Jen Shaw was like getting down like there was not a care in the world. So Jen Shaw was was, really at the Gansmore. Oh, dude, I don't know if she was staying there, but she was definitely at the party, the Bravo, the Friday night Bravo party that Andy threw. Um, she was up there. I mean, Emily D. Baker, the lawyer, was like, Ryan, come here and grabbed me. And we sat to the, we stood to the side watching Jen Shaw dance. And I was like the world is a simulation. There's no way this is real. Like it felt so bizarre and a little bit too close to the sun, you guys for, uh, for me. And on top of that, you would go to BravoCon, and then you, you know, sometimes I would, you know, I would be noticed of like, Oh, you're from the podcast or I listen to your podcast or I love you. Or, and it was, it was so overwhelming all of it, but also I wasn't got, I mean, I lucked out. Like I was going to go regardless. I paid for my own ticket. I did all of that stuff. At the last minute, Direct TV wanted me to do their like opening night party and interview Teresa for something. But that was like at the very last minute. So I ended up uh, not breaking even. Probably I spent a little bit more than I got. But in the end, it was so worth it to like make connections and see it. But just even as a Bravo fan, 
I geeked out. Even if I didn't have a podcast, I would have geeked out. Like it's still like, I know, like I want to be there one day moderating. I want to be there doing something, but at the same time, I'm still a fan at the end of the day. Like I would love to not take notes and treat this as seriously as I do. Like I was taking notes on my friend was like, I take, have somebody type up the notes for salt Lake for me. And then I rewatch it two times with those notes. I put really hard work into this. But I would love to just be like the old days sometimes where you just I just watched it for pleasure every week. What's your thought on Bethany Frankel's new podcast? So I actually have not gotten into arguments, but people really some people and this is what I love about fandom of any sorts, but Bravo especially is that everybody you guys like who you want to like. Like uh, my opinion of Bethany Frankel at the end of the day is my opinion. Have your okay, own. Okay, so you like Bethany Frankel then? No, I don't. Oh, yeah, I think I, don't. I can't. I think No, I've gotten fucking... into arguments with people about this. I think I think it's like the Kardashians for me. It's a love hate thing where it's like, do, do you leave any money on the table? Like, do you like and also you have been trashing the housewives for the last three years. And I take that shit personally because I'm a whack job and I consider these people my family. So if you're going to make fun of my family, I'm going to get upset. And then if you're going to try to make money off of my family after you've ripped on them for three years, I'm going to get even more upset. And then if you're going to go and like then all of a sudden critique females like Meghan Markle and the Kardashians, but then whine and cry when you get critiqued yourself, I find it all the emperor has no clothes. I find it all really upsetting. And it really, I think there's a pathology here to Bethany Frankel that I'm like, there's a psychosis here because what is going on? Like how much, like how, why do you need to take all the air in the room? I, I, sorry, that was aggressive. (laughs) No, you and I have the exact same opinion because I basically, what is that's the largest glass I've ever seen. Is that Coca-Cola with crushed ice? It's Diet Coke. I've got a, Do you have a crushed I'm, I'm giving, ice machine. I'm giving up Diet Coke for uh, the New Year's, January 1st. So this is this is my last hurrah these last two weeks of the oh, year. Oh, God. Forever? Forever? Or just the month? Well, no. I mean, I'm going to try to. I mean, like, yeah, I don't plan on going back to it. I've got I, I just my life has become podcasting and drinking Diet Coke. Oh, it's boy. so sad. Oh, like, you're like two yeah. shakes of a stick yeah. from just Welcome, living on. Well, by the way, Liz, why do you want any of this? That's what I was like. Like, Liz, you have this amazing life. Why do you want any of this? Oh, because I I'm the same. I you and I have talked about this. We like went to acting school for I just I just interviewed a woman like an hour ago, who just moved to LA, like is doing like just did UCB. Or she did it a couple years ago, but she's like doing the acting thing, like going to go fucking pay casting directors to like do those workshops, which in my opinion is the biggest fucking racket on the planet. And I'm just looking at her. I'm like, oh, God, I mean, it's torturous. I mean, it's because I spent my whole life on a stage acting and it didn't really work out the way I I know was conditioned it was going to. And then I had a turning point at one moment where I'm like, well, wait. I'm I'm having a hard time being booked for any of these roles because I'm not skinny enough. I'm not fat enough. I'm too funny. I'm not funny enough. I'm too pretty. I'm not pretty enough. I'm like gay, yeah. but I'm not really that gay. I'm and then I was like, well, wait, how many like debutante queer probably smoked a blunt with your favorite rapper, like had every corporate job on the planet? Like, do, I don't know that many white girls like that. So why don't I just be myself? You know, you know what I yeah, mean? I mean, no, so, no, like, I totally it's it's funny that the thing that you've been looking for has been in front of your face the whole time. And that's how I always feel like 
if I, I if I were to believe, or it's always that thing that you read is that go, you know, go the direction the water is flowing. You know, I just never thought all the shows that I passionately love, like I was married before you guys. And it wasn't my wife who got me into these shows. My ex-wife got me into the shows. It was the other way around. I was always the one like going, oh, I remember the first night Orange County premiered and going, I've got to watch that. Like it was like it was so clear. I just never thought you could actually make a living to that. And I want to correct a statement earlier. You were okay. talking about hooking up with girls. Um, and it wasn't like, no, no, I'm it just wasn't. Saying, it wasn't. I would think no, 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 it's I, like I, a I, fucking goldmine for I want to tell you. When I first got separated and divorced, I that was when I found uh, Facebook groups. That was when I I didn't realize that there was a whole community of people. I didn't know about podcasts. I didn't. I mean, I knew of like This American Life and stuff, but I didn't realize there were these Facebook groups where everybody was sitting there dissecting all of this shit I love. And so I remember going. I was at, working at Leslie's. You would Leslie Khan, you know, and I, I would be too. in the she office. Had, she got office thousands all day long. of dollars for me. <laughs> Yeah, she's from all of us. And she uh, I would be on there and I, I, you know, through a friend discovered these Facebook groups. And it was so amazing because I could go in there and I could pop off a joke and all this about the housewives and it would get it would get likes. And I would be like, I'm not used to getting likes in anything. I'm not even, you know, like uh, this is Amazing. Like I can actually make fun of Aviva's leg and everybody knows what I'm talking about, or I can make fun of David Bedore naked in the woods. That was interesting because I did. That was the first time where uh, girls were. And sometimes I didn't even realize it. Girls were hitting on me at times. And I did date somebody from a Facebook group in the, in, in the be before the podcast actually came out. And that, that was, but it, it it was one of those things that I always am very wary of, of, um, of, but like, could you ever uh, you know, date not... someone that wasn't into Bravo? Probably not. Oh, I mean, I think they would have to have a, f- a fairly healthy relationship with it, but not, I could definitely date somebody. I mean, I couldn't date somebody that just hates it and disrespects it because that's what I do, but yeah, no, totally. Have we ever talked about Christy Sexton and the whole Amber Heard thing? Oh, the Johnny Depp. Yeah. Do you like Christy die Sexton, over you that? guys? Christy Sexton was an acting well, coach a lot at of Leslie's. Them, and no, then, they know. Most of my listeners, the rider dies who are Taylor Striker listeners, know that Christy was my acting coach. I hung out with Amber a ton because of Christy. Christy had introduced us. Oh, I didn't realize that. I didn't oh, realize I know, your Ryan. relationship with Christy. By the way, I was saying to I was saying the other day on the podcast, Amber was like, guys, Amber baked all of us like cookies for the office. Like the Amber was- Heard I remember was always like really, really super nice. And me and my buddy Evan that worked in the office, we were always like, she's really cool. Like, and I remember hearing those stories about Johnny and like the wedding and all of these things. And I was like, well, my, you know, and even this last year, all of this stuff, I was like, wow. Amber was pretty nice to me, and I usually have a really high bullshit, like, you know, meter on, like, who is real and who isn't. But, I mean, listen, it's, you know, who knows it was just behind crazy closed doors who you Christy are. Christy was being deposed from oh, Australia. It's if, just if, nuts. It? It's just so funny. Yeah, I mean, like, I think when you live in L.A. for a long time or if you, like, do those things, it's just so funny. I just realized, I'm like, oh, my God, you and I have never talked about that. Like how Christy's- I didn't even realize you had. I knew you had a relationship with Trisha, but I didn't realize with Christy. Christy was my main coach. Wow. Yeah, I, I did, was not aware of that at all. And in then fact, Christy and, think, or Christy like really took to me and like really tried to help me. She believed in me. 
Um, (laughs) And yeah, she was my coach and was like the best and was really like pushing me. And it's just so it's just so strange. We all know that eating whole natural foods is the best way for us to feel good. Sadly, fiber can increase bloating, not getting enough sleep can affect digestion, and well, late night pizza and wine doesn't help, right? I've tried a million products that claim to help with gut health, but I'm loving plant-wise probiotics. It contains an all-in-one formula, so it's pre, pro, and postbiotics, all in one single capsule. They are honestly the best I've ever tried. PlantWise has more active cultures than most of their competitors. It costs less, which is awesome because I find it way more effective than any quote premium brand that's out there. Since I've been taking them, I just feel like lighter and brighter, which is great because I haven't really been feeling that way the last couple of years. (laughs) If you want to heal from the inside out, Try the PlantWise Pre, Pro, and Postbiotic at GetPlantWise.com. You can even use my code Listen to Liz twenty for twenty percent off. So, do you think Bravo's in like a good? So, there's been a lot of like chatter. I think prim- primarily about Beverly Hills. Obviously, you went yeah. to BravoCon. You saw people boo Lisa Rinna, which like I'm not really a huge fan of people booing people i think that's kind of fucked up especially when you're it, but it, no but this is wrestling this is like pro bravo is turned no, into i know pro i know it's like, wwe yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure it's like hulk hogan coming out like i get it but do you think and you know andy i guess recently was sort of like we're you know not necessarily i think his his quote was taken out of context because i read it a couple of times and it really just sounded like to me like we haven't started filming quite yet of beverly hills yeah. Yeah, yeah. He kind of said pause, but every that word pause in Bravo land is like it's very scary after Dorinda. Very scary. Yeah. Especially yes, of course, after Dorinda. Um, but how do you think like the franchise how do you think like Bravo is right now? Like I think there, you know, have people gotten too out of control? Do you think Beverly Hills will get back on the right track? Do you like what do you what do you think? Well, the good news is um uh, NBC Universal likes money, right? So if you take that into account, Beverly Hills is just fine. Like it has gotten the highest ratings, you know, like they're right. I mean, they they did ratings wise, excellent. And that's where, remember at the end of the day, like they always told you in acting school, we're here to sell soap. Basically, TV was invented to sell advertising and they're selling a lot of it and they're doing really good. So every time somebody says Lisa Renna is going to get fired, part of the reason why I think they are taking this cool down period is so people actually forget how upset they are at characters like Lisa Renna. Like it almost gives the castmates a chance to go, you know what? I think I could do another season with them or I think I could be in scenes with Lisa again. I think it gives the cast actually time to cool down and it also gives people a chance to forget. We forget so quickly now because the pop culture cycle just goes so quick you know once beverly hills is over we immediately go to miami then we go to jersey then we go to it always for on 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 and on and you start to lessen like all that like i mean i was i get in it like beverly hills is my world cup you know and i like those those reunions i was just i was furious with lisa especially saying something like if i can't i'm gonna get cancer if i don't say that you know like that kind of shit just is so irresponsible and repugnant and and so many disgusting things, you know, for somebody I, like I'm dealing with cancer and not my, my like in my family. And I just thought that was horrific. And especially on a season where your mother passes away, you know, and then just the amount, I mean, it is 
it's changed in a lot of ways from where it began. If you right. went back and watched the first season of Beverly Hills or even OC, you would be like, is this a Oscar nominated documentary? Like it would, you know, it's like shot very <laughs> like shaky. You're like, yeah. wow, this is very artistic. <laughs> and what it's turned into now is like Beverly Hills. I always think is like Michael Bay transformers. So glossy. <laughs> luckily they stumbled upon or not stumbled upon, not luckily, but Tom Girardi stole money from a lot of people. And luckily for the show, they had cameras around when this real life event took place. And it really, it breathed new energy into all of it. Also, because like, before that, we had the puppies. Like, I know, I know. It's, But also, like, if you were stealing money from that many people, why the fuck yeah, would yeah, you yeah. be on camera? The- it's like Jen Shaw. It's like, I, that is where, why I think Salt Lake is so incredible is I'm like, Jen, you allegedly yes. fucking- <laughs> No, we don't well, have no, to say allegedly not, she, anymore. Yeah, because We don't admits, have to yeah, say allegedly. Right, there is right, proof, right. you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and also she now has, you know, I guess pleaded guilty, but like, why the fuck would you be on TV wearing insane shit? Like, it just, it's so mind-boggling well, to me and that also, you would be I mean, doing that. It's crazy. But see, that's the but that's the housewives. It that's why it is mind blowing because you're always like it's the ego, you know, the ego of these women. The thing that we love them for is also the thing that ends up destroying them, and that to me is Shakespearean. There's like a tragedy there. This is like Macbeth or something. You're watching Jen hang herself by her own ego, and she's still having glam squad on a vacation. She's throwing fifteen hundred dollars off of a shoe. Off of a boat, uh, along with a, a vegetable charcuterie tray, and you're like, the These charcuterie tray was just well, actually, I mean, come on, um, that's it good. wasn't charcuterie; it was crudite. It was just bad. So yeah, crudite. Sorry, just, yeah, but I think she said charcuterie. Uh, she did, in, and in the um, moment, very quickly, I was like, "That's actually um, from a the crime. Ralphs, and that is um, <laughs> crudite." Also, you just threw plastic into the fucking ocean. <laughs> like, like, you watch like, a dolphin just die right there. Like I, I feel like <laughs> she's committing so many crimes just in these episodes that have nothing to do with the crimes she actually already committed that I'm like, that's the kind of balls that we look for in housewives, but you're like watching it. And I don't think salt Lake this season is getting the credit or the ratings that it deserves because it is truly something that I've never seen with the housewife. It's so bizarre. Like I was explaining her. It's, it feels like I keep describing it as like a David Lynch, kind of like where you and you don't even you like think it's going to go this way or like well that's obviously what she's going to say back to this character and then the character says something completely different that you would have never imagined or forgives a character that they should have never forgiven like it is like and like what does meredith have i mean what does jen have on meredith and heather like i'm like at a certain point i'm like is there Wait, what is going on that at a certain point we it's all right you guys you can admit jen shaw is wrong and like you it's know, crazy, you, you know, it's crazy. Best friends are best friends, but also I've had friendships where my friends have held me. Um, and this is really hard when they do held me accountable and, um, Oof, they really, they? and, and, but also, you know, it's okay to show that on TV. And if Jen was truly, uh, sorry or wanting forgiveness, uh, she definitely doesn't seem like it on this season. She definitely, uh, that was that was the thing we were asking for Erica Jane too. Is that like, well, have you tried being sympathetic? Have you tr- have you tried to even? And I guess she was getting credit, Erica Jane, for like stay standing her standing in her own power of like, I don't need to apologize to victims. I did nothing. And you'd be like, 
okay, cool. But like, aren't you, aren't, can't you at least apologize on behalf of your husband, your better, your better half of like, I'm sorry, my husband, did, I had no knowledge, but I'm sorry. And she wouldn't even do that. She actually said, well, I can't because of legal reasons. And then she also goes, she also goes, well, if there really are victims, I think a lot of these people are making their story up. And I'm like, you can't be sympathetic, but you can actually throw in the idea that these victims are lying. There was an actual plane crash, and we can actually tell where the money went. And the sad thing about anything nowadays is that 30% of the people will believe anything that is told to them on a television screen or a social media app, just right off the gate. So there are 30% of the people that will buy Erica Jane or Jen Shaw's bullshit for the rest of the time. Then there's the rest of us that usually go, well, let's see how this plays out. That's probably about 20% of us. And then 50% of us are like, you're guilty as hell. You need to apologize. So that's why Bravo is so fascinating because it has all sorts of people being fans of it. Mauricio. What was he about his hotness? What are we talking about? His highness? What are we? What? I don't know. Tell me. Like, what are you like? What's the vibe? Like, what's your vibe well, on Mauricio? Well, Mauricio is somebody like, listen, they, this is a. You know, when you think of it, pull back uh, frame and extrapolate, you know, look at it. They're from the Hilton family, you know, like which is Kyle's from the Hilton family. And that uh, is such a fascinating, rich history itself. I was talking to somebody about um, the book House of Hilton the other day about their family. And it is a fascinating tale uh, of the family that Kyle, Kim and uh, Kathy are from with their mom, Big Kathy. But the Mauricio stuff is fascinating. They've truly used the show to their benefit in a very casual way, but they've slowly built. What I find interesting is that, you know, we've seen that. Remember, Mauricio worked for Hilton and Highland. He worked for Rick Hilton, Kathy's husband. And that there was a big falling out because he left to start the agency. And now the agency is the biggest agency in town worldwide. We've got a show on Netflix, but also the LA Times just wrote an expose yesterday where they are, uh, you know, he, the agency's in a bit of trouble. You know, there's a Malibu, we, we, these lawsuits are coming to light. But also the fact that there is this really strained relationship between Rick and Kathy and Kyle and Mauricio. And we can see that played out through Kyle and Kim's, I'm sorry, Kyle and Kathy's relationship on the show. But Rick Hilton never really makes an appearance on the show, which I find amazing. He's just like, no, I'm not going to do it. But Mauricio is there just being a good guy. He's always the guy that's like, yeah, okay, all right. There's a bit of, did you watch White Lotus season two? I mean, you you have to, right? I you did. live in Los Where, Angeles. Yeah, it's, 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 you, you have to get out of California if you don't. Um, he reminds me a little like you guys are going to push back on this, but there's a little bit of who's the guy uh, so bad with their names. The the actor that grabbed Aubrey Plaza's leg and oh, the, the Asian dude Brit thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah. I you don't know, the guy with the prosthetic dong. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, there's a bit of that where I think Mauricio always has this really chill mask on. And maybe he's really like that, but it's so charming um, that, you know, like you're just always like charmed by Mauricio. He's one of those lucky people that has this kind of Matthew McConaughey kind of thing where he's a little stone. But at the same time, I'm like, Mauricio knows what he's doing. Like Mauricio, you don't just have something like the agency happen and not no. know what you're doing. No. You know, like you that just doesn't, you don't stumble. I mean, you know, that as being an actor out here, it's like really the longer you stay in the game. And somebody told me that when I first moved here in my twenties of like, remember it's a marathon, not a race, which is the last thing you want to hear when you're trying to make it. And 
you realize like, oh shit, it really is. It's the people, you know, they give you your jobs out here. Correct. You know, it's like, it's, it's the casting offices that believed in you. Uh, you might not have gotten the first five parts you came in for, but the sixth part, you know, you got like, I mean, that was, I got on the office uh, because I had gotten cast on the office before and they wrote out my part. And then years later, they said, oh, don't worry, we'll get you, we'll get you. And it was like the very last season. And it was like two episodes before the finale. And I got a call going like, hey, um, do you want to come on? And I was like, for an audition? And they're like, no, we wrote you apart. And we told you we'd get you back on. And they wait, they remembered. Like there are those moments in Hollywood that it's like by happenstance and just waiting around and trying to, I don't know. But like Mauricio, that shit just doesn't happen overnight. And there he's smarter than anybody gives him credit for. And he's able to play it real chill. And you kind of, you wouldn't I, if Mauricio ever screwed you over I have a feeling you would never see it coming and that's why Rick Hilton probably that's probably why it stung Rick and Kathy sure a little more than than we're aware of because I don't think they expected it maybe what is your thoughts on the new New York cool yeah let's do it I mean like I'm I'm always like well yeah, I don't think there's good. gonna be a lot of drama I know one of them Sai well they're lovely. all well, we've already had Lizzie leave uh, because of supposedly her husband, uh, you know, right. allegedly said the N word. And I'm like, yeah, get out, you know, but she claimed anti-Semitism. We do live in a weird society now where it's like, who can claim like, well, he said the N word. Well, he's anti-Semitic. He's, you know, I'm like, whoa, you, this is, not, we're not even getting this on film. This is all, this is all played out over social media where sometimes the real show behind the show is, um, but I'm willing to give anything a shot. I'm not against anything, but I do think there is legs in Roni. Um, uh, what is it? Classic Roni here. Like, you know, yeah, I think there's legs in that. I would, I wish there was more forward momentum on that because I feel, and that's probably going to be a Peacock exclusive when they finally do do it. For a hundred percent. And I've been yeah. saying this forever. I mean, people are like, oh, why do you think? And I'm like, because of the business side. I mean, Peacock needs subscribers. I mean, that's the only way. And you, going, but yeah, that's you know? just, somebody was that's arguing with me about Miami. Somebody was like, how dare they not put Miami on regular Bravo? And because I'm going, they, they do you can't. not know how streaming works. Yeah, they do you know, I mean, like, that's the whole bit is that they want to get you to a point where you're like, oh, man, I can't be part of the conversation unless I pay five bucks a month. I guess I like it. The first season of Miami was was really good. And people talked about it. But. People still kind of on the fence, but it's really interesting to see this last couple of weeks with the first four episodes of Miami dropping last week and people, I, I loved all four episodes so much was talking about it. Everybody was talking about it and it kind of created a little bit of a scene, which is exactly what they want. That's the yeah. thing that gets you to pay your five bucks. Totally. Yeah. I think my only worry for the new New York is that those women individually are very polished people. Like, Sai, I don't think her husband will be on it. We'll see. He, like, won't be on social media. She is a full-on fashion influencer. She's lovely. Couldn't be lovelier that what from what I know. Then you've got, like, a model. You've got... If Jenna Lyons isn't, like, being a the lesbian hoe that I need her to be, then, like, unsubscribe immediately. Like... I need Jenna Lyons to be going out on dates. I need there to be scissoring conversations. I need there to be pussy, 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 pussy all day long. I need it if we don't have it. By the way, that's what what I thought the failure of Leah too was with like, 
why don't we bring in Leah's friends or like even like the ones that we like? Why why don't we have Azalea Banks in there? Why don't we have well, Kat Azalea? Why an don't asshole. we have you? Why don't we have like I no, don't but know. I'm just saying like, but I'm just saying like that's what I always found fascinating. Is of course Leah is not going to fit in sometimes with that group. You're trying to like put a square peg into a round hole and it's like a different age group entirely. So of course she's going to end up coming off like a different person because she is a different person. Like, you you know, you're having that you're asking Leah to assimilate with another group of women that are completely out of her age range. And probably at that point, tax bracket, uh, she's probably doing well now. But like, it's just how would that ever how did you guys think that would ever work? Like it only works sadly. And we encourage the drinking aspect of it, of going crazy and throwing tiki torches. That's what we encourage. Cause I got to tell you, we were locked in our rooms and it was fascinating television during the pandemic. I was like, who is this Leah woman? I know it's a bummer because, and I said this to her five days ago. It's like, she, I mean, she was great on millionaire matchmaker. Like I adore her. I know her (laughs) as a person. I love Rob. Like, I, they always joke that I am like worse than Kira. I want, well, no, because Kira doesn't want them to get back together. I'm always like, are mom and dad getting back together? Like, can Leah and Rob just like make it work? Like, please. Leah's like, shut the fuck up. I mean, I just think like Bunny is fascinating. Sarah is a handful. Yes. Like they are so amazing. But if I'm not to like toot my own fucking horn, but like our girl group, like our friends group of all of us including some of the guys like bobby hundreds is fucking great like all like yeah i just think it was yeah bobby's fabulous i adore him like there's just cat is cat i mean you we julia could have been on back in the day like there is such a rat yeah that's what i'm saying julia fox i mean like we you know like trust it could be a whole sponsor like or or, i know you know like i mean they're that to me was like, why aren't we trying to get more that way than trying to assimilate to Ramona and Sonia? Like, I'm all for it, but I'm like, but that's what I'm saying. They even said in the show, well, we don't really go, you know, we stay in the Upper East Side. We don't really go down here to that spa. We don't really. And to me, that was the fascinating thing about like, and they really didn't, they tried it a little bit and it spun out Ramona too much to have to deal with Leah. And I feel like Leah unfairly got the brunt of that, of like being that kind of different person. And then in a second season, when you stop drinking the thing that like you were wildly celebrated for, you know, you were saying like classic lines, but you were saying them drunk and converting to Judaism, cutting her storyline back. Like she was in a crossroads of trying to develop who she was as a person. And that's really hard to do with cameras on you, I imagine. And I don't think I would be able to do it, nor would I be entertaining at the moments in my life when I'm trying to make changes. No, and I think that's what it's a bummer. So we'll see. I mean, I too. I mean, do I think I'm going to watch Ultimate Girls Trip with Leah? Probably not. I will tell you, I (laughs) I will tell you as an exclusive. (laughs) Leah was in L.A. Yeah. Why didn't you come to her book? I was there. Like, why didn't you come to the book thing? I, I I wasn't invited. What yeah, you thing? were. It was like to the public. I was with oh, well, Bunny I mean, well, listen, and Bobby. Listen, I mean, I'm not. I mean, I I I mean, uh, yeah. I don't. Okay, I, fine. I should have come, but anyway, also, you yeah, anyways, come. Yeah. So I was there, exclusive, like as she was finding out about Thailand, and I'm like, oh my god, well, who else is going? And she's, and at that point, Tinsley was gonna go. Yeah, and she's like, well, Heather, like I still haven't talked to her. I still haven't met her, and so. 
real story. I was there. I messaged Heather and I was like, you better be cool to my friend. Like, take care of her. And then I looked at Leah. I'm like, Heather's your girl. Y'all can like be each other's person. I don't know what plays out. I mean, I actually do. I know everything. That you plays do. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, actually, I know. Wait, wait, can't, wait can you tell us? Was she was she cool to your girl? I cannot confirm or deny uh, that. Okay. I can confirm uh, that they're cool now, but I don't, I don't know. know when this comes out. But, you know, Wednesday night, we get to see finally how Heather got that bruise on her eye, uh, which they keep teasing like paranormal activity with the black and white footage. And then Heather with the eye completely closed on Salt Lake. That's this week's episode, which I'm really excited to find out the mystery behind that. It's probably going to be disappointing, but I'm still excited. That's what I said. I think it's going to be like she opened up a door in her face or something. Like, I don't think it's going to be she gets socked in the face by Jen Shaw. I mean, it could, though. Jen is very violent. So and leads to violence. All the fuck shoves motherfuckers. Honestly, you know what Jen could use is somebody shoving her like somebody going right back at her. Well, oh, my God. You so Trisha was on the show last week and she brought her friend on who actually served two years in Danbury prison. And they, it was the most it was the most fascinating interview, you guys, because she walked us through what Jen should expect. You know, she served two years and it was the most amazing story. She was the coolest girl. But she said, like, you know, if Jen comes all hot and heavy, she's got to really want like there's a chance Jen Shaw could thrive in prison, but she's got to play her cards right, especially in that first couple of weeks. You've got to make friends with the right people. It's like a different version of Housewives. And I found that just fascinating to me about rules of it. And she goes, you know what? Like the CEO, they can either be your best friend or your worst nightmare, depending on the day. But it's like super chill. Like she was telling us like there's one computer room, but all your emails got to be read before they get sent out. Uh, you know, she's like, yeah, we, we would lay out sometimes. Of course, there would be like goose poop all over, but we'd lay out like it was all this kind of like minutia that like and what I found fascinating, you can't even get you guys hair color. You can only get hair coloring on your like you get put money on your books for like snacks and stuff. You can buy hair coloring, but it's got to be your hair color. You can't all of a sudden decide to go uh, blonde because they would consider that change in your identity, which is a no, no in prison. And I thought there's just a little things Ooh, like that. Fascinating. Were fascinating. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, OK, last question. Um, well, actually, I have two last questions. One, do you think I would be good on Housewives? And then two, what's a city like? What's a city? Do you think that they should have a housewife? Uh, I think Scottsdale. In? Scottsdale should be a city that they have housewives. Um, I grew up in Paradise Valley, Scottsdale area. Uh, well, I moved from Kansas to there. Uh, and my parents live in Gilbert now, which is like forty minutes from Scottsdale. But Scottsdale has a very specific type of woman that I think is brings uh, you know wealth. It's almost like a different form of Miami. I would be amused to see how they deal with the heat. But I also would be like, there is a certain nightlife that is in Scottsdale and a certain type of woman that is married to very rich. I don't know. I think there is something to be explored and it's the desert. I think that's actually a good backdrop. Mm, um, okay. I, I think that would be amazing. And then um, uh, I'm sorry, what was the other question? Do you think I'd be a good housewife? Okay. So I think you'd be a good housewife, but I also don't think it would be good for you mentally. I think you would end like you, the things that you would be criticized for or any lady for that matter, or any man for that matter. Like, I just don't think it would be worth your while to get, like, I think, 
I think you can find a way to be successful without being a housewife. I would personally love to see it because I want to see you and how your wife work together. Like well, I just my see wife pictures would, on my Instagram. wife won't go on. My wife won't, see, that's won't a, do anything. Well, that I mean, that's what like, listen, will, we deal with that a little bit in Miami with Martina. Like, I mean, I but I would be curious just because I am curious about how your day to day life goes, you know? Like I'm like, okay, you you worked for these amazing publications and you have this amazing wife and you have this. I would love to see that's part of the best part of these shows for me is I get to see lives that I never could be a part of or have access to in any sort of imagination. So I think it would be great for us. I think it'd be horrible for you. Yeah, I think so too. I think I would just go on Ozempic like Ramona. And just, um, <laughs> By the way, like, if anybody has any Ozempic prescriptions, let me know. I'm really looking to try to. They're so easy. I, sh- I <laughs> shot myself in the thought I was in New York at a Wait, friend's you're on house. Epic? You're, you're, no, I'm not you're, on it. Admitted... No, okay. I'm not on it. I was at a friend's right. house in New York, pulled down my pants. I was wasted, pulled down my <laughs> pants and was like, shoot me in the ass right now. And she did. I threw up in JFK, had to lie to the TSA people and say that I was pregnant so that they would let me on the fucking plane. I didn't. They're eat like, we got an Ozempic on too. No, they, if you're sick, they won't let you on planes. I yeah. was so nauseous for days but i kept like drinking i was not hungry it could be the hangover too liz it could be the booze no it wasn't it's just different it's like different it's like you do you just do not eat food you just don't you're like not hungry at all and that's what i'm looking for they're very it's very easy to get no no I'm, I'm joking but it is funny i would you know it is just funny we live in this kardashian fueled society is that you know that's supposedly how they've got i was talking about this with somebody else he's like you know you're an actor you get this like remember when actors were praised for you know you had your de niro's and your hanks gaining a bunch of weight and then losing a bunch of weight and you're like yeah. oh my god that, that deserves an oscar and now the kardashians are doing that with their real lives and they're not getting oscars for it but it's hysterical how they're making the body transformations that de niro and hanks did you know <laughs> and just find it fascinating that they're like and they consider like kim literally wants praise for it she wants to be considered in the same vote oh, you I know. know like well, well, why don't you consider me like de niro you know i think that's fascinating so i I thought that I was going to have multiple. This is the fun thing about doing a new show and like doing formats. And like, I was convinced I was like, okay, I'm going to have a whole show about why guys like Bravo. And like, I'm going to figure. And my wife was like, you're going to get in trouble with that episode. And I was like, really? Am I? No, I'm not. I'm going to interview all these different guys. Danny Pellegrino was like, no, I'll see you in January. I was like, okay, fine. Whatever. I was like, Ryan's got to come on. You're like, cool, 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 cool. I was like, cool, 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 cool. I was like, yeah, gotta yeah. get Ryan on here. He's the expert. I'm like, I'm gonna talk to Bravo by Gaze, which is this like meme account. Yeah, I, I know that dude. Yeah, yeah. But here's the problem, Ryan, is that you just talk so amazing for an hour. Maybe uh, now it's an installment show. I do. But why? I mean, but see, why can't it? But but the, isn't that the exciting thing about podcasting? If there is anything exciting about podcasting, is that you truly are in the driver's seat. This is your like, this is how you want it to be. What I loved about listening to your podcast was that I was like, I love that you talked in the beginning about like, oh, I was going to have it be this one thing. And then I decided it was going to be this other thing. And I believe podcasting, that's where I've found my voice more than anywhere else in my life. And it's exciting that tonight I know I have to, no matter what happens, I have to sit behind my computer, get into GarageBand and release a show. 
And I know parts of that show already, like right now I'm sitting here thinking, but I know, okay, well, I'm going to bring up that I had this conversation with Liz and I want to bring up these ideas. Plus I had this interview and this pastiche starts to happen. And I think that has actually given me more confidence and made me feel better about who I am as a person. Cause I was always ashamed of what I liked for most of my life in certain ways, or that I didn't fit in with my guy friends. Isn't it funny that this show about strong women gave like a really uh, insecure guy, his voice. And almost that, like, you know, if you're a woman out there, you're like, fuck you. I don't care about your voice. But, you know, listen, it was it's been really nice. I think that's the exciting thing. And you're finding that out. So, like, keep on that path. That means it's like working if you're like changing gears and like figuring puzzle pieces out, you know? Oh my God, Ryan, what a lovely chat. And to was think- this okay? I always get worried. I always I get nervous. I was like, I consider you one of the cool kids. So, I. Oh my I God. Get no, I'm not. You're cool. You're Your podcast is cool, cool, cool. I mean, come on. Like, let's, let's, uh, fair enough. And by the way, you guys, if you like this, Liz is going to be coming on my show <laughs> either before the end of the year or in the beginning of the year, whatever she wants. So, do I go uh, into a please. studio or do we do it on Zoom? No, we do it on Zoom. We, we, uh, li- listen, uh, the studio will be available, I think, at the end of January if you want to wait for that. Uh, and there will I be just like to, li- it's like to when it. I go to Dear Media and I'm like, oh my God, oh, I'm isn't the that only. Fun? I'm the only white girl that doesn't have a podcast on Dear Media. Here I am, like as another guest. But by, like, well, but by the way, well, but Liz, but by the way, like, like, listen, I, I'm happy to recommend you to iHeart. I'm happy to recommend, like, like that. These are the things that I listen. It's better, like I'm offering. It's better that than you drunkenly, like I did with Leah. Go, can you come on my podcast for like? Oh God, I then, do it all the time, Brian. What you don't had, know is that on after the diary episode, I started to bully my eighth grade boyfriend, ex-boyfriend <laughs> on Instagram being like, you're a pussy. Just come on the fucking show. You owe me. You cheated on me. I talked about it in my diary and he's like not talking to, like he won't, he stopped no, responding. No. I, have a, I have a seven-year ex that was a high school into college into moving to LA together that like I'm getting now ballsy enough where I'm like, should I reach out to her to find out what it was like to be with me in my early twenties? No, I, this is what I did. This is what I did. (laughs) This is exactly what I did, Ryan. Oh yeah. I mean, I've, I've talked myself out of it since, but there are those things where you'll sub. that's what I love about my, it's like the great equalizer is that sometimes you're on top of the world and you get the guests you want, you get everything you want. And sometimes you're just right at the bottom of the shit pile again, because each day it's like climbing up that hill. You just got to find out the hills that you want to climb. Like, I don't mind climbing up this podcasting hill because I'm like, I'm getting better at climbing the more I do it. But like sometimes, like, you know, you're like as a fellow actor, it's like you just know what a shit pie it can be of like you just constantly have to eat shit and people are telling, you no, and it messes with your psyche so much because you're like, you know, your looks are involved and you're, you know, they don't know the real you and they don't give you the chance. And and nobody ever, you know, you you start to realize all those things in high school because somebody told you you were good in your school musical. You know, it gave you the confidence to come out to L.A. and get stomped on. But it, then you realize as you're in your 30s and later you're like, oh, it really is a lottery. It really is right it's place, nepotism, right time, right lottery. person. Oh my God, there's going to be so many things that line up at the right time just to have one little door open. And that's why even like us, we're probably more successful than 90% of the actors out here. And that's sad because we don't consider ourselves successful, but it is interesting. <laughs> you know, like, so it is true. just an interesting thing. So Come true. to LA kids. Come to LA. Yeah. yeah. Trust me. The listeners know I'm 
I unfortunately I got called very negative because a dear, you should know Andrea Lopez. She's fabulous. You should have yes, her on yeah, here. Andrea Lopez comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the funniest. Um, I like totally shat on her. She should be on SNL, and I basically told her that anyway. I was like, LA is the worst. The, the people that you're hanging, it was like her first six months. I'm like, you're never going to talk to these people ever again. You're never like you're driving to fucking the CBS lot. You're fucking. I'm, oh, God. I was like, I've done it. It's terrible. Um, Ryan, I love you. Where can everybody listen to you and find you and all that jazz? Uh, it's called So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. And we do like five shows. A week. We do a you're lot of content. Five you guys. shows a week. Yeah, yeah, we do a lot of, I mean, I do recaps, guests, I do, it's like a hodgepodge of pop culture and Bravo, but there are timestamps. So pick and choose what you like. If there's a guest you like, we have a lot of Bravo celebrities on. Uh, we have uh, people like, you know, Liz, other podcasters. We have, you know, like it's, it's, it, I consider it a variety show and they're long form. Like they're, you know, they'll be like sometimes two hours or plus in length. I'm doing a Salt Lake recap tonight that'll probably be two hours that's going to get released tomorrow. And, you know, you kind of just, Every day it's something new or something exciting. Yesterday's episode was uh, oh, we had Demois on Monday, did a pop culture roundup with me. Mm. I had this new girl, X Knows All, a new podcaster who I love. I love to talk to new podcasters. And we talked about all like the pop culture and White Lotus 2 finale and all that stuff. And, you know, there's just a mix of everything that I like. And the problem is I like too many things. And I also hate so many things, but it's fun to talk about the stuff you hate too. Brian, I'm, I'm, I feel honored to speak to the um, straight, cis, it's white The bad man. boy podcast, you know, I call the myself the bad boy um, podcast. The, the bad Bravo boy expert podcast. here. Um, and thank you for not, well, kind of answering why. You know what? Wait, wait, wait. Brian Moylan, by the way, Brian Moylan, the amazing writer from Vulture, and he wrote this great book on housewives. He sat next to me. He's like, why aren't you banging everybody that like. I literally said that to like, you. Why don't he, you? And he goes, why aren't you? Why, why aren't you? And I go. What do I that's the last thing you want to do is get the reputation of some sort of like sleaze bag with it. And and like, you know, like that's just I would rather have my podcast than ever have any um, uh, sex. Uh, then, no, no, I want no, no, no. I want, No, you know what I'm saying? Like, I care more about <laughs> like, this. What? I care more about this than than uh than anything that would ever get me in trouble with that you know and like being me too like being a me too culprit not me too but like at the same time like i'm not i don't want to be a you know you don't want to be the the pete davidson of bravo you know like you don't want to be mm, the adam Gertz of bravo no like listen i don't have an like i'm telling you i'm i that's why we joke and call myself the bad boy of podcasting i can't be i can't do that that's not me and I, and I i'd rather this to me is you know i'm mr long-term relationship guy Got it. Okay. Yeah. I see that for you. Yeah. But sorry. Sorry for everybody wondering. <laughs> Nobody oh God, can, That's what I'm saying. Everybody considers. Okay. I'll talk to you on my He'll show. Never stop. He'll soon. never stop. Okay. I know. You're the best. I had to cut Ryan off. Ryan could keep going forever in a day, like I said, like literally for the rest of time. But I really loved that while I went into this episode clear that I wanted to discuss you know, why he loves Bravo and do people think he's gay? Like, he answers all of that wonderfully. But I do love that we sort of connect and talk about why both of us have podcasts and how, you know, coming from the acting world, we're broken <laughs> and sad. Um, but I, I adore Ryan. I think he's like one of he's one of the real ones. He's one of the honest ones. And I 
really walked away from talking to him feeling pretty lucky that we're cool and that we're friends. Um, and you should listen to his show. <laughs> <laughs>